Should we start? Yeah, let's start. All right. This is actually, I think, our... Uh, how many years have we been doing this podcast now? Like four years. Then this is our season five premiere episode. Yeah, they're kind of irregular, like a British detective show. Sometimes there's eight and sometimes there's two. <laughs> and sometimes they're very short and sometimes they're hour and a half Sherlock length episodes. And sometimes they're all Chris. <laughs> back to season five of serious series of utmost importance the series and i'm one of your hosts neil sood i'm also a host tom but i will not disclose my last name oh i mean <laughs> neil not not neil Can't sood. The, now like on spotify i think or maybe apple they will transcribe all of the like audio and then you can oh, really? search that so if someone searches neil sued sorry well, i shouldn't have said I'm, that i'm, I'm... <laughs> <laughs> that'll twice a chance it'll come up i'm sort of boned anyways because <laughs> this is very professionally and personally linked to me i have oh, yeah. a twitter account that is essentially just this and then i have a uh, it was on all of my fellowship applications one of right. my attendings actually asked me about the podcast today Oh, really? Because, yeah, they just finished um, interviewing for the next crop of GI fellows. And he, like, randomly uh, asked me, hey, are you still doing that podcast? I think he thought it was just, like, a thing I made up for the interview to, like, <laughs> seem interesting. But I was like, yeah, I'm actually going to record one tonight. Nice. So, yeah, everyone everyone who this could be damaging from for me, it's uh, it's already damaging. So, you know, okay. I'm Neil Sood. <laughs> All right. You know, I I don't think there's that much. I don't think there's anything to be nervous about, except, honestly, for me, the biggest thing is just seeing, like, you know, nerdiness levels of professional, you know, professionally <laughs> seeing that. Uh, but there's nothing, it's... you know, there's no termination worthy offenses in here just like humiliation worthy yeah, offenses it's just like wow did you really yeah. record yourself as a german for a daft punk intro episode in <laughs> about the second half of their career cool What's wrong with you <laughs> ladies i feel much more nervous talking about college radio show oh yeah. Well, you're right, you're right, Tom Sturma. Damn it. <laughs> All right, so what are we talking about today? Oh. Today. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Go ahead. No, you go. I was just going to cut you off after I asked you a question. <laughs> <laughs> the, the fans have been clamoring for years. We've been doing episodes on movies, on TV shows, on books on uh, certain artists' albums, some uh, musical rivalries, sometimes mm -hmm. technology, sometimes holiday cheer. <laughs> um, but really what everyone asks me when I am stopped, when I'm walking down the street, they say, when are you going to do a reverse chronological grouping of the top 10 lists of albums from every decade, including the 2020s so far? I mean, that's a pretty natural question to ask as you're sticking uh endoscope <laughs> down someone's throat whatever it's called all right so going back to what you were saying yes top 10 albums for each of us reverse chronologically by decade and naturally we are recording this at the tail end of 2022 so the first decade is the 2020s and it's three years almost listen it's three years but these three years have felt like part of it felt like 10 years that's true this is the and longest we, decade so far yeah that's definitely true um 
and we can do a you know retrospective for our what 12th uh 12th season premiere and see if <laughs> the, the list holds up yeah i feel like there will be fewer and fewer albums every year see that's i think you and i are different on that i feel like i'm still listening to a lot of um a lot of new music yeah and i'm not and some of these i've listened to on yours but i feel and i like them i just feel like i haven't listened enough and frankly i feel that way about some of the albums on my list too I mean, should we uh, jump into it without further ado? I think we should dump, jump into it without further ado. Ooh. So I just rounded out my top 10 of the 2020s. Um, you have a top five. Do you want to add any or, or are we sticking with this? I'm going to stick with that. I don't All have right, stick to your guns. <laughs> uh, why don't you start then? Okay, I'll start let's at the do, uh, Let's do one of yours, two of mine, one of yours, two of mine. <clears throat> Great. Like yeah, I would say this is not necessarily in any order, but you oh, can yeah, call that's it an important order point. It's, it's too hard. It's already hard enough to cut there, things right. down into a top 10 or something. So, yeah, I agree. Ranking them within the top 10 is unnecessary. Yeah. Okay, so I'll start with this one. Uh, so my first album i have on my list is sometimes i might be an introvert by little sims have you ever listened to this i've not and i've never heard of little sims oh okay so little sims just quick she's a english rapper uh she's like english nigerian so definitely has a thick english accent kind of like i mean i'm it's not the same, but it's like kind of working class English accent, like with, you know, Arctic Monkeys, although I think she's from London, not wherever they're from in the north. But mm. this album's really good. It's from 2021. Um, great lyrics, very clever, good flow, really good. Um, really good production. Uh, it was my first time listening to anything by her. I think this was a pretty well-received album for last year, and you like definitely on the top ten album lists for twenty twenty-one. Um, what what makes it um, so special? I think that uh, you know, honestly, one thing I like is she does have really good flow and cadence to the rap and i think it's interesting you know mostly listening to american men and like how they how the flow is for them and this is like very different it's like an english she's a woman and and it's an english you know way of speaking so it just feels different and it feels cool and um yeah like the just the way that the words flow is a little different than what you you would usually hear as an an american listener okay well um, sounds, sounds like something i'd actually enjoy a lot yeah i would recommend i mean my two favorite songs from this are woman and um Men. woman features one of the art one of the singers from the band salt which i know is a preview oh, yeah. for your thing so cleo soul when you listen to it you'll definitely recognize her voice okay um so that woman is very good and also standing ovation those are my two favorite songs from this album hmm. okay sounds good i um I'm going to go uh, starting from the bottom of my list as well. But again, the bottom does not mean the worst or the best. It's just, you know. <laughs> um, I actually had this blank when we started recording, and I was just trying to think of the last three years, what are the albums that I keep going back to? And 
Oh, this is also on your list. <laughs> I'll just let you talk about it when we get to it on yours. Um, I oh. did Jack White, Fear of the Dawn as uh, as one of the those albums. Oh, yeah, let's talk about it. it so he actually just released two <laughs> albums back-to-back. Fear of the Dawn, and what was the other one? Uh, hold on. Entering Heaven Alive. Right. And they are really, really interesting as a duology. And uh, this is sort of a tie back into our uh, Jack White episodes. But the the first one, Fear of the Dawn, is sort of more like the the classic rock side of Jack White. It's like a little angrier, a little harder rock edge. Yeah. And just really good. um, He has a tendency to to sort of be sprawling and sort of self-obsessed in his, in his lyricism and, and just himself. And mm. that comes into play a little bit more on the second album. So I'd say the two sides of him are like that white stripes rocker side. And then the, I don't know what he wants to be. He wants to be like a country music singer or something sometimes, but. Yeah, I, I agree. The first, it's interesting that he did two in a, in a year the first one, the one that we both put on our list, Fear of the Dawn, like, that was so easy to jump into, right? Like, it was oh, just, yeah. I mean, it's like picking up from White Stripes or any of his great solo stuff or other bands. Did We didn't cover this one in the Jack White episode, did we? Was that before? No, no, it wasn't. It wasn't out uh, when we did the Jack White episode. Okay. Um, so this is a nice little addendum here, but yeah, yeah, I mean, this is just a great album. Like going through the whole thing is just an easy listen. Um, feels so good <laughs> to listen to it was used in the, the Stanley you... cup commercial. Oh, was it really? Yeah. I just remember hearing it on TV all the time. Like, oh, I don't know why they choose hockey, song? but, uh, taking me back. Taking me back. Okay. Yeah. Did you, um, I think that's probably the most popular song on this, but I really like What's the Trick and uh, Fear of the Dawn, The White Raven, and Heidi Ho. I feel like those are the ones I keep listening to. Yeah. On Entering Heaven Alive, my favorite song is the last one, which is uh, an acoustic version of Taking Me Back. (laughs) Gently. Everything else on that album, I've, I've listened to a couple of times, and it just doesn't grab me the same way anything on this album does. I agree. Nothing I really he is keep memorable. Making, yeah, he should keep making two albums when he, whenever he feels like putting out music so that one of them is good. And just put all the good ones onto one album <laughs> and let us know which yeah. is which. Um, yeah, so that's Fear of the Dawn. And then um, I'll do a... Second. Yeah. Run the jewels. But RTJ four. Run the jewels, I think, comes up a couple of times in my lists. I didn't know that. Uh, well, I did. I think I did know, but I haven't listened to Run the Jewels four. Have you How listened it, to Run uh, the Jewels one through three? Um. Yes, I feel like I'm most familiar with Run the Jewels two. It's like Run the Jewels 1 through 3, <laughs> but just more of that. <laughs> and that's not an insult. They know what they're good at, and they keep doing it. And yeah. it's just angry rap with some good beats on it. I'm looking at the track list. Can you tell me what the song Goonies versus E.T. is about? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I, find, I find that with Run the Jewels... I don't know a lot of the track names because I listen to their albums like in a row more yeah. than I, more often than I just listen to their songs. Um, I mean, obviously, there's a few here and there that I know. Like, I know Just and... Yeah. Um, I didn't know that... Holy uh... Kalamafuck. <laughs> That's, Holy Kalamafuck is really, really good. That's probably my favorite song on this. But um, I don't know what Goonies vs. E.T. is about. 
and just it has uh zach de la roca again yeah yeah i think he's like the unofficial third member of the of the group yeah well the song from run the jewels 2 is it called run the jewel no it's not it's it's not called run the jewels fast it's the one that goes run them jewels fast (laughs) yeah Let's see. Let's see what it's called. This is actually their fifth studio album. Um, oh, really? Because they oh. did, they, yeah, they did. They did Run the Jewels in 2013, Run the Jewels two in 2014, and then do you know what was next? Meow the Jewels, <laughs> right? Meow the Jewels. Yeah, the, the <laughs> version of their uh, of Run the Jewels two that has all instrumentals replaced with cat noises. <laughs> Pretty good. Gets really annoying yeah. fast. <laughs> um, there's actually a Run the Jewels song that um, is not on any of these albums, but they released it as a single after in uh, 2020. They did a song for Cyberpunk 2077. Oh. And it's actually a really, really good Run the Jewels song. It's called No Safe Point. Okay. Not on the album, but definitely worth checking out. Um, also, a separate issue, but Cyberpunk 2077 is great. Oh, yeah. It really turned itself around. I was going to say, whatever happened to that? Uh, Chris and I have been playing it, and uh, they are with an anime that just came out that uh, revived a lot of interest in it, and then they just announced a sequel. When did that game come out? Like, two years ago? End of 2020, yeah. Damn. It should have come out now, because it wasn't ready then. <laughs> yeah, yeah. By the way, I think Killer Mike is really cool. Just a awesome dude. Yeah. I'm a big fan. Michael Santiago Render. <laughs> Santiago. Yeah. <laughs> you share a middle name with him. Yes, my middle name is also Santiago. <laughs> Tom Santiago Sterma. <laughs> yeah. Co-host of Serious Series of Utmost Importance, the series. Address it. Um, what's your next one? You've done Little Sims, and we both did Jack White. Yeah, you want to do another one? All right. By the way, this one, I'm pretty sure, was not in the 2020s. What? Because really? I looked at this, I should have warned you before. I was like, "Oh, I would put that on." I think it's okay, twenty nineteen. Courts. Parking Unless courts, you're thinking of a different um, album. Let me see. Let me see. Because they did do one in twenty twenty. I am thinking of a different album. I'm thinking of Sympathy for Life. Right. Yes. Good. Okay. I had initially, for our listeners who can't see the spreadsheet, I had put Parquet Court's album Wide Awake on, but the one that I meant to put was Sympathy for Life, which was released October 22nd, 2021. Um, I missed this one. I just totally missed it. It is, is it not as good as, their, the, other as the other album, Wide Awake, Fine. but it's still really good. Okay. Parquet Courts has just settled into a nice groove now of uh, of everything they do is good. Yeah. Some of what they do is great. Yeah. But they are just that classic um, early 2000s, early 2010s vibe indie rock band that is just chugging along, doing the same thing. And like coming out with a lot of their albums. niche and their. Exactly, yeah. They found their niche, and they are doing great within it. But they don't really venture outside of that niche. I feel like we were on the cutting edge of liking, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, we were. We I liked mean, them before they were cool. We're not like the true. girls. I think we, well, we saw them at the Black Cat, right? Yeah, we saw them at some small venues, and then um, I saw them, I think, at Coachella one year as well. Oh, wow. They, I think that was right when they were like blowing up. Yeah, but they are they are definitely one of the more reliable, um, rock bands right now. I'd say. I agree. 
All right, I'll I'll add this one to the list. I just honestly just wasn't even aware, which is a shame on me. That's yeah. It's no, it's hard to keep up with um, specifically bands that you really like. I feel like sometimes when they come out with a new album, your expectations for it are so high that you kind of just put off listening to it because yeah. what if it doesn't live up to the canon? It's true. And then you don't end up listening to it that much. I find that like when that happens, I end up listening to it once and then listening to a lot of their old music a lot. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And then like kind of ease my way into the new one. So I'll check this out. Yeah. Um, okay, I can talk about my next one and then you can do a couple. Uh, this one's this one's different from the rest. It's called Promises. Uh, it's by it's a collaboration floating points and pharaoh sanders and i think also like let me look this up it's like the english or the london philharmonic or something Hmm. uh it's it is a i guess experimental sort of electronic slash jazz album um okay really good i was introduced to it because uh, my sister had an internship at the the record label that put this out and so she helped to do the like promotion for it when it was released and shut it my way i actually think it's great it's i I guess it's like minimalist kind of ambient music which is usually not what i like Mm-hmm. Um, but there's also some really cool, uh, heavy jazz saxophone thrown in. Um, so to be honest with you, I listen to it when I'm like working, I need to like focus and stuff mm-hmm. and it's just like good. I mean, it's ambient music, right? I mean, it's great, but I think it is, you know, beautiful album, really well composed. Um, it's super interesting and actually the jazz guy pharaoh sanders just died like last month or something so r.i.p pharaoh sanders i I was gonna ask when's his next album come out (laughs) too soon yeah i Um, feel like um based on what you're saying you might like um another 2020s album that uh was released it's uh called the new four seasons by max richter it's a recomposition of the four seasons by oh i've listened to that i've listened to that yeah i wouldn't really I, I wouldn't put it on the top 10 list of the decade but i think it's great for ambient music yeah and it's a pretty good like classical like a modern classical uh piece do you like the four seasons um i prefer i'm more of a hilton man <laughs> come on <laughs> yeah no it's pretty good I, i'm not okay. like a classical aficionado i don't know enough about classical music i feel like my uh my go-to studying music um when i was studying for my boards was uh lo-fi video game music so i don't know if i'm yeah i don't know if i'm an expert on on what's actually good uh classical music though well i think for focus and study yeah lo-fi beats like binaural beats or whatever are the best for and there's a lot I, of those on YouTube for like two hours. And on, and on Spotify as well. Okay. What I wouldn't recommend is um, there, I was looking for instrumental versions of songs to, you know, because like you want something that engages you, but not something that distracts you. Yes. I was look and I was feeling old school hip hop for some reason. So I was looking for instrumentals of Eminem and Dr. Dre. <laughs> and instead what I found was, well, there are lots of those instrumentals on Spotify. But there's also um, something called Beetle the Bard Core. What is that? It this is a YouTube channel that makes medieval hip hop music um, covers. Oh my god! Yes. So there's like forgot about Dre, Wait, but YouTube? done as a medieval stuff. It's on YouTube. Yeah. Oh my god! It's not great for studying, but it's <laughs> great to listen to. How do you spell it? Bedevil? Um, B-E-E-D-L-E. 
the bard core. I see it. Beetle the bard. His uh, oh, his yeah. description of his channel is: I Beetle the Bardcore doth love to party. I here shareth my medieval Bardcore cover versions for the enjoyment of all peoples. Oh, this is awesome. Oh wow. Okay, so one hour of Dr. Dre, one hour. <laughs> <laughs> Big Papa medieval Bardcore version. Oh God. I'm well. I'm gonna be listening to this. There's a lot of these. There's a lot. Yeah, they're not all great, but some of them are really good. Oh, my God. Yeah, but it's Medieval by Usher. <laughs> all right, this is a good... Side note, Beetle the Bard. Okay, that's from Harry Potter. I was wondering what that was. <laughs> uh, all right, uh so that's my album what do you got i actually just edited this i was initially <laughs> going to do the second king gizzard album which is omnium gatherum um the second of the decade i mean they this is probably like their 50th album what i ended up changing it to when i was uh just now was i was thinking about it and i've listened to this group a lot and it was sort of around the same time I was listening to Beetle the Barcore. That's what reminded me of it. This is a group called Bloody Wood. Okay. Now, what does that name evoke for you? Sounds like Bollywood. Exactly. But the bloody part, what does that evoke for you? It sounds like uh, death metal. Yes. <laughs> you're spot on. <laughs> it's a uh, Indian death metal band oh called Bloody God. Wood. I'm looking at their they pictures. <laughs> Yeah, they are like a legit metal band. Sweet album cover. The album cover is amazing. They grew up in uh, New Delhi. They are very, like they are just, they're actually like a serious metal band. It's just funny because they are Indian. And what's, what's, they do like a lot of activism. One of their songs is about like killing people who rape women in India it's Damn. like an interesting thing and the music just slaps really i i actually highly highly recommend i'm going to listen to this definitely the uh the two ones that i recommend are dana dan and uh gadar oh hell yeah that sounds amazing and this album released in um i think february or march of this year do you want to pick some of these songs to dance to? At Listen, I already <laughs> tried to convince Sonica. She will not let me listen to this. Every time I put it on in the car, she's like, no. Um, well, what if there's a... What if there's a guy dance and we just slip it in at the end and nobody knows? There is a... So there is a guy dance. There's a guy, there's a guy dance, there's a girl dance, there's lots of dances. Yeah. <laughs> okay, um, so you're saying that if you don't know about it, she can't get mad at you. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll do uh, one more. For sure. Yeah. Um, one more. Wet leg. Have you heard of wet leg? I've listened to this. You you introduced me to them, and I I think that. This is a pretty good album, I agree. It's, um, the, the album, the artist is called Wet Leg. The album is called Wet Leg. They are from somewhere in England. They're just, uh, sort of that, they're, they're from the Isle of Wight. Oh. Yes. It's, uh, how do I describe this music? It's sort of like, tongue-in-cheek kind of I don't, I don't know would you say this is like a gen z yeah yeah it's kind of like tongue-in-cheek everything's gen ironic z. and don't take yeah. anything seriously i yes, think that's a good yes. way of putting it but it's also but yeah but it's good music and um and they're catchy songs but they're not like um super musically complex no 
but it's but it's uh it captures the energy of the moment and from a rock perspective i think that's right and i think the gen zness kind of bothers me a little bit but <laughs> it's okay i mean that's part of the experience and it, it they are good like they are super catchy and like great really good album just in general what bothers you about the gen zness of it um <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I feel like I'm just like an old man yelling off my porch now. But they just, they don't care. These kids, they don't care about anything, you know? That's what bothers me. <laughs> I think they care about a lot. Maybe they do. They care about everything. Um, and they're frustrated with their inability to change anything which is something that like you know you should never stop trying to change stuff but when you're when you're young and and have never i don't know i don't know what i'm trying to say when you're when you're young everything is possible and mm -hmm. as you get older possibility is uh fades somewhat and reality seeps in a little more and you have to find a balance of those, and yeah. that's how you live. And, gen and and this isn't all Gen Z; this is generalizing. But it's it's that idea of possibility mashing with the frustration of reality too early. I think that's well said, but yeah, I think that's well said. I think what well, I think, uh, yeah. Let's just leave it at that. <laughs> I don't want to get into the philosophy anymore. <laughs> Well said. Am I out of touch? No, it's the kids who are wrong. <laughs> yeah. um, um, do one more. The one more. Oh man. Okay. Um, I'm gonna do possibly the best album of the last thirty years now. Ooh. This is Olivia Rodrigo Sour. Okay. Not actually the best album of the last thirty years. Just is there more than one song on here? Tom. Tom Santiago Sturma, let me tell you. There are at least more than one song. How many songs are there? This is her debut studio album. Uh, it was released March 2021. And all of the songs on it are... Where is it on this Wikipedia page? Okay. Brutal, which uh, apes Elvis Costello a little bit. Ooh. Traitor. Driver's License. Um, Deja Vu. Good For You. Happier. And those are the ones that I like on this. Those are the ones I really like. All right. Now, you might be asking why... Actually, this sort of ties into the conversation that we just had about um, the youth. Why do I identify so much with the debut studio album of a 17-year-old girl mm -hmm. who this is all about the drama of her breakup with her co-star from High School Musical, the series, <laughs> on Disney or whatever it's on. And now I've never watched High School Musical, the series. I've, I'm not a teenage girl. And I'd never heard of her until the SNL sketch about driver's license. <laughs> I don't know why I like this so much. It really just, there's a lot of emotion in the song. They're well put together songs. And they capture some universality about the human experience. Uh. And also they sound a lot like Paramore. Oh. It's yeah, sort of like a right. punk yeah she's sort of like a punk um like an angry punk girl type of thing so i think it reminds me of that style and she's just so angry i think i'm angry sometimes and she is angry this whole time this girl needs therapy right is what she needs but instead she became famous and got a studio album which is fine too i think we can all but... agree that's a much better approach <laughs> um yeah, I don't know. She definitely. No one should. No one should be hit this hard. 
by by a breakup with a teenage boy. I don't know. Okay, is she really writing the songs though, or is it some forty year old dude? It's probably. It's it's probably. Listen, everyone involved in the creation of this album definitely needs therapy. That's not in question. Yet the end result is a pretty solid album. Um, yeah, I'm sure she didn't write all of this stuff by herself. Uh, but who, who? What pop star does? Well, let me tell you this. Guess what her father does? For a I assume he's like a multi-millionaire hedge fund guy. Wrong. He's a family therapist. Are you? Are you serious? Yeah. I just like wow. That. I would and never have guessed a, that. Uh, teacher. So maybe she needs less therapy. Yeah, too much therapy. Maybe the therapy is bottle it in more. Yeah, come on. Um, I just assumed that, like you know, that all of these uh, these pop starlets became famous because they were rich. Like, isn't that that's what happened with Taylor Swift? Her dad was super rich, and then she just bought her way to being famous. I didn't know that, but it makes sense. Can I tell you something else? Yes. Uh, Olivia Rodrigo, when she was growing up, she listened to a lot of the old music that her parents liked, such as, no doubt, Pearl Jam, The White Stripes, and Green Day. Ah, damn it, I'm old. (laughs) Uh, Let's talk about the next one. You're number one, and it's also the next one on on my list. Yeah. you lead it off. Okay. This one... I this was one of the albums that is categorized in low expectations that were totally blown blown through. Would you agree with that? Which album are we talking about here? The Strokes. The new abnormal. Yes, the Strokes, the new abnormal. <laughs> it's a it's an audio podcast. We got to say the names. Of the I'm just albums. prefacing. I'm prefacing. Oh, okay. Um, yes, I would say, did I have high expectations for this? No. Did it come out at the perfect time for me to listen to it on repeat and identify with its, uh, its bleakness? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. It came out right at the beginning of COVID, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like, so this, uh, I'll be honest, the strokes... I don't know how many albums they had between this one and uh, their fourth one, whatever that was called. So the, their to albums them. are Angles in 2009? That and was awesome, yeah. No, no, they, they had Come, Come Down Machine and The New Abnormal. Okay, so there's only one. That. So I didn't listen to Come yeah. Down Machine. I, think it I don't sucked. think any of us listened to Come Down Machine, yeah. But The New Abnormal... Uh, was is really good. I feel like it. The more I've listened to it, the more I like it, and the more I, other songs yeah. that I didn't like as much, are you know, really I enjoy now. Which I always love when that happens. When it's like, you start with two really catchy ones, you kind of forget about the rest, and then eventually you're like, ooh, I really like Absolutely. the slow song. This is a fantastic album from beginning to end. Um, as I said in our Strokes episode, this is my favorite Strokes album. Um, Ode to the Mets, I think, has kind of grown into my favorite Strokes song. Interesting. Yeah. I don't know if it's their best Strokes song. I mean, I don't know if it's the Strokes' best song, but it's one of my favorites of theirs. Yeah. It's just it's like a journey every time you listen to it. Yeah, what? Uh, which song is that? Like, how that's does it the, go? That's that's the last one. It goes like, <clears throat> um, and then the guitar. Oh goes, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that is a good song. And then, then like I don't know, a, a synthesizer comes in. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. That is a great song. Yeah, this is really... I feel like it also... So it came out in 2020. 
feel like I liked it in 2020 and then I started listening to it again in 2022. I was like, ooh, I like it even more. You know why you listened to it in 2022? Why? We did the Strokes episode. Oh, yeah, duh. <laughs> it just I, came up looking more on my through Spotify. my musical. Exactly. And in in looking through my musical trends of the last uh, couple of years, I noticed that I think my most played artist in 2018 was Arctic Monkeys. And that was when we did the Arctic Monkeys ah. episode. Um, Julian Casablancas, uh, we've, we've talked about this a bit before. Really interesting guy, really interesting musically. Um, has had some has had some issues with alcohol use disorder, I think, and hmm. apparently he can be a little bit of a scumbag, unrelated to that. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I think he's pretty hit or miss from a personality perspective. Mm-hmm. Apparently, I've, I've obviously never met the guy. I'm uh, I'm just a, a famous podcaster, but <laughs> yeah. So what's your point? What is my point? There's no point. Pain, pain makes great music is my point. Oh. So the last one, he was, things were going too well for him? Maybe, I don't know. I yeah, think we're going like, to see a lot of great music coming out of COVID. I hope so. Um, Jack White out-recorded his albums um, at his home. Like, well, yeah. He lives in essentially the Willy Wonka musical, like the Chocolate Factory musical production in Nashville, but... Right. So I think he just recorded them at, at, there during the pandemic. Yeah. You know, this album, too, is really different from at least, like, the classic Strokes, right? Pretty pretty mm-hmm. different. Yeah. But it feels it's, like they finally were able to change from what their classic style was and do it in a good way. Because I feel like they really struggled with moving away yeah. from what initially made them successful. Yeah, like that underground, uh, gr- not garage rock scene, but like uh, sort of a glossier version of garage rock yeah. based in New York. I don't know what to call it. Yeah, I think that's right. But yeah, that that was their vibe until they then they became more... Uh, more kind of electronic? Mechanic? Yeah, mechanical or electronic. I don't know. Something, something along the synth. The synthesizer. So I knew it needed a click. <laughs> um, so, uh, and then they, uh, they, they made this. I would say that I was devastated, as as I know, all of America was when Daft Punk announced that they were breaking. Oh. But in retrospect. Um, and we'll talk about this in the next episode, but Ram was a great finale for them, and I feel mm. sort of the same way about the new Abnormal for the Strokes. They have not broken up, but if they do break up and this is their last album, I would I, I feel like they've said everything they set out to say with this album. Yeah, I mean, if you think about it, it's like 20 years of studio albums, which is a lot. Yeah. That's a lot. I mean, yeah. it's only like five, <laughs> but that's a long time to be playing with the same people 20 years is a long time i am still disappointed about Daft punk though um i'll throw i'll do two more of mine and then you do your last one and then i'll do yep, my last one yep yep all right so i i'd say that uh, one of my musical trends from the last uh five or six years is i've been moving harder into um sort of electronic uh ish music i don't know how to describe it not the how would you describe odessa i've never heard of them oh really yeah um looking it up right now well they're they're an electronic group um they've been around since 2012 they they have some songs that you definitely know Mm -hmm. i don't know which ones of those you would know though but they they became famous for let me see let me just look at their singles does the genre indie tronica sound right that sounds absolutely right actually uh better now you might have heard 
no, actually, sorry, that was on this uh, this album, Higher Ground, you might have heard in 2017. But you might not have. I don't know. It's it's uh, it's like this group and Little Dragon are very similar energies. Um, they're great. I love them. Um, and their most recent album in 2022 is called The Last Goodbye. Mm-hmm. I actually don't know if this, this probably is not their last album, but I saw them in concert a few weeks ago. So this might be a recency bias. When we do our, our 12 year anniversary episode, looking back at the rest of the 2020s, maybe this won't make the cut. But as of right now, this is a, a very, very solid indie electronic uh, album. They, but I will also say they don't play live on the scale of like an indie artist. They, this was a production with like fireworks and Ooh. a massive drum line and uh, that's cool. It was probably one, probably one of the most elaborate concerts I've seen. So even if they're like considered indie tronica, which uh, genre I heard of two minutes ago. Um, mm-hmm. I'd say that they are mainstream Tronica. Okay. So beyond this decade, if you're going to pick one album to listen to, would it be the, this one or something else? Of Odessa? Yeah. Um, I think it would probably be this one. This one has a lot of really, really good songs on it. And maybe just because I was listening to them more piecemeal um, before, I don't know if there's any one, one album that is as consistently good, but there are definitely individual songs that are consistently good. But mm-hmm. this album has has a lot of, um, like every song on this album hits. Cool. I'll check that out. I'm putting these yeah, on definitely check it out. to listen to. <laughs> oh yeah, that'll be good. The, um, Better Now is great, and uh, Light of Day and The Last Goodbye are probably the best three on this album. Okay. Definitely definitely worth checking out. Cool. Um, and then Salt. Salt, we were talking a little yeah. bit about earlier. They are a British music collective. They don't call themselves a band. They are a mix of according to their Wikipedia page, a mix of rhythm and blues, house, and disco. Well, I was going to say, Wikipedia says salt and parentheses band, so maybe they need to do that <laughs> with Wikipedia. Uh, they have released a lot of albums uh, since 2019 when they came out. Mm-hmm. This actually, this might be their most recent album at this time, and it's called Nine. It was released in 2021. The... There, there are 10 songs on it, actually. <laughs> um, it was only available for 90 days. What? Sorry, 99 days. You can't buy it anymore. I don't know if you can stream it anymore, either. Oh, wow. Let me check. So why do you like this one more than their other ones? So this, musically, I'd say it's on Spotify. Yeah, it's not. It's not available on streaming services anymore. You can't buy a physical copy anymore. No one can fact check you on if it's good or not. (laughs) I mean, people can find a way to listen to it. I'm sure it's on YouTube or something. But they, they call themselves a music collective, and as pretentious as that sounds. I think they're going about it from in uh, from an artsy way, right? So, mm-hmm. if you if you're not considering yourself a, a band, but you're considering yourself something else, but are still putting out products that are musical, your products are your art, and the purpose of the purpose of any art is to provoke feelings and conversation. Yeah. Would you agree that sure. that's the purpose of art? Yes. They they wanted this to be a statement on transience. Mm. So they only had it available for a short time. Even though the songs are really good. It's more it's less about the songs and more about the fact that 
there was a brief period of time that you could listen to this mm-hmm. unless you bought it. <laughs> I did buy it on vinyl for that reason. Maybe it was all just a marketing tactic. Can you imagine if it stopped working? Like when you tried to play it again? <laughs> that would be really cool. That would be great. Um, yeah, so I'd say musical music-wise, it's on par with their other albums, but because of the added, added nature of its existence, I'd say that moves it into the album that I would include on the best dub list for the 2020s so far. They're a cool group. I, they are. They are. I mean, I respect that idea of making it short. I don't know why. It seems like yeah. something like Radiohead would do. It does. It's, it's like when Radiohead gave away their album for free. Yeah. But but the opposite. Yeah. You buy it, and then you only have it for 99 days. Actually, all the members of Salt are going around to everyone who bought it and stealing it back. <laughs> now that would be great. That would be great. All right. Last ones for the 2020s. What you got? Okay. I got um, Tame Impala, The Slow Rush. Which I'm pretty sure was also beginning of 2020. I think you are correct. I'm it was double checking myself. Okay, good. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think. So I'll be honest. To me, this is not their best album, but I still think it's pretty good. It definitely um, is the only album of theirs that came out since 2020. You're you're absolutely right. Yeah. So, it's pretty good. I mean. Uh, they have also liked the strokes, but in a different ways, I think moved more towards a synthesizer instead of, <laughs> instead of, you know, guitar or whatever. I'll never um, be able to hear the word synthesizer without thinking of Giorgio Moroder. The synthesizer. Um, but I think it's, it's good. It's a good album um it's not as uh re- easily re-listenable i would say as some of their other ones but there are some good songs you can just pull out anytime and listen to what are the um, songs you like on this album i like so honestly i really like the starting from on track which is about halfway to it might be time. There's like, I guess, four songs that I think are the best songs. They're just kind of stuck in there. Um, those are my favorites. So on track lost in yesterday, is it true? And it might be time. Hmm. Uh, I think borderline is good too. I feel like that was the big song. Interestingly, I think they came out with a single version that was pretty different from the album version. And actually I think the, oh. I think the single version's better. Uh, it's, it's a more, more of their old classic style. And this felt more like disco. It's always interesting when a band does that, when they release a single that's meant to entice you into listening to the album. And it's actually like different. a different version. Yeah. And it's the same song, but it is pretty different. So that was a little disappointing, but um, I feel like you could probably still find the single version somewhere. Yeah, I mean, all of the singles are still released as their own thing. You can stream it on Spotify. Yeah. I, I think Borderline was the only song on this that I really remembered. Mm-hmm. And actually, until you brought it up for this episode, I totally forgot that they had come out with an album in 2020. Yeah. I looked it up because I really thought Currents was their last album. No. Even though I listened to this whole thing. Yeah. It's, it's, I, I do like it. It's on my top <laughs> 10 of the decade, but it's probably my least favorite album of theirs. But I think it, there's, yeah, I half of it is still really good. Half of it is kind of like, you would, half of these songs you would never just say i really want to listen to it 
you would not you would choose not to skip it because you're listening to the whole thing and it's part of the whole progression but you were you would never think to like i really want to listen to posthumous forgiveness just a really pretentious (laughs) name yeah it's it's a good album you're it's it's they have yet to make a bad album yeah but it's um it's it's yeah exactly like you said it's not their best album it um they went for in a different direction which is fine yeah i'm always i'm always um of two minds when that happens with a, with an artist I, I really enjoy because you don't want them just repeating the same thing mm-hmm. but kind of you do also exactly um but i feel like it was all negative talk on this <laughs> but it is good no, it's a good it's a good album borderline's a good song kevin parker is a good guy yeah and uh the slow rush is a is a good name and it's a cool album cover it's a very cool album cover. They they are ten out of ten. I mean, sorry, four out of four on their album covers. Yeah, we they're always weird psychedelic images. Yeah. Um, absolutely. All right, why don't you close yours out? Speaking of psychedelic. Speaking of psychedelic, my um, last album of the best of the twenty twenties as of October twenty twenty two is. King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard, their first album of the decade. They've yeah. since come out with another one or two. Um, the Butterfly 3000 is the name of this record. Have you yeah. listened to this? I think I have a little bit. Because you, you sent me at least some songs. This is... It's very psychedelic. It's very psychedelic. <clears throat> it's their 18th studio album. Since then, they've come out with... Uh, Magenta Mountain. No, sorry. Omnium Gatherum is the name of their next album. That has a lot of good songs on it. And that was actually initially on my list before I replaced it with Bloody Wood. Um, Omnium Gatherum has um, has a 16-minute track at the beginning called The Dripping Tap, which mm-hmm. is the only song of that length that I can listen to and not realize that it's been like 14 minutes that I've been listening to the same song because it's just such a such a well constructed track. Highly recommend that album, but it's not on my top ten. <laughs> this one, this. Butterfly. <laughs> that's not this. Butterfly Three Thousand is, um, I think people described it as their first upbeat album. They switched really? the key. Yeah, they switched the keys around, and they did more major key stuff in this. Hmm. So it's inherently more optimistic when you're listening to it that's interesting yeah there are it was recorded during the covid pandemic okay it was released in on june 11th 2021 and that so i guess because of how bad society was they felt like they needed to make something more positive Shanghai is one of the best songs I've ever heard. What? And Catching Smoke is really good. So if you had to pick two from this album to listen to, do it. And if you haven't checked out King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard because you're intimidated by their name (laughs) or the fact that they have 22 studio albums, um, check them out. Interestingly, they just had to cancel their tour because the lead singer... Has Crohn's disease. Ooh, which, that's not good. So, yeah, so he has a Sounds flare. Painful. Yeah, it's um. Uh, it just goes to show you that the best art is created out of pain. Wow, <laughs> that's the thesis of the episode for me. Yeah. So, I have a mental block. I always think confuse King Gizzard and the Wizard Lizard with King Cruel and King Crimson. <laughs> And I actually, all, no joke. I had it written down on my phone. I don't ever. I never added it to our ideas list for uh, an episode topic. I wanted to do bands that have King in the name. Yeah. As a series, I think there could be a lot. There could be a lot. I think that'd Gypsy be a great Kings. episode. 
Kings of Leon. <laughs> Kings of Leon. Oh, this is good. What if we just did Royal? Because then you could do Queen, Queens of the Stone Age. Ooh. Royal uh, Blood. Nice. Prince. Prince. Okay, this is this is coming <laughs> together. This is this is a nice uh, Jack this White. is a nice that's that's more playing cards. Uh, I guess then we have to include everyone who has Jack in the name. No, that's too much. Jack Johnson. So then we can't then we can't include <laughs> we can't include Jack. They're Jack not royals. Chan. I'm not sure <laughs> we're stretching. saying anything. <laughs> Movies. Um, let's wrap up. Let's wrap up the 2020s. If you had to pick two oh. albums so far in the decade um, that you had to combine into the best album of the decade so far, what would you do? What, what two albums? Hmm. All right, I'm going to pick one of yours and one of mine. All right. And I'm going to pick one of yours even though I've never listened to it. I'm going to pick Bloody Wood because that sounds awesome. All right. right. And uh, what else? Uh, This is tough. It is, yeah. I feel like I'll pick Promises because it will have like electronic guy, jazz, the London Symphony Philharmonic, and then Bloody Wood. I think that'd be a nice half amb. It'll be starting ambient, and then it would scare you once the metal starts. <laughs> I would listen to that combo. Yeah. Um, I would pick one. I'll also do one of yours and one of mine. I would do Salt's album Nine with Tame Impala's The Slow Rush. Ooh, that because, actually sounds really good. And yeah, sure, musically, it would probably be good. <laughs> But also, then it would I wouldn't have to listen to it anymore because it would only have been available for ninety nine days. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on, it's actually good. Um, I added a segment uh, to the end of the last episode. Um, if you want to continue doing it, let me know. Uh, it was which was recommendations, like an unrelated oh, recommendation. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So now it is time for, I'm still workshopping what we call this segment, but uh, serious recommendations of somewhat importance. The series? We'll, we'll see. Or, <laughs> the, the, the series. I don't know. I don't know either. Anyways, here's some recommendations for the week. Um, or whatever the interval between this and the next episode is. Tom, what do you recommend? Anything so unrelated to... Uh, okay. Anything? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, can, you can recommend anything. Um, but it has to be one thing. Oh, it has to be one thing? Yeah. Uh, can you go first? I was not yes. prepared. I'm going to recommend Cyberpunk 2077, the video game. Because it is a great video game now. It's uh, it's a great story, and it has one of uh, Keanu Reeves' best performances. <laughs> In a video game? Yeah, and it's a redemption story for the video game, because it, uh, it had such terrible reviews when it came out. Justified, justifiably bad reviews, um, but they've done a lot of work on it, and it's, uh, it's a serviceable game now. Sorry, serviceable from a gameplay mechanic standpoint, but story-wise, it's actually really good. Okay. Um, well, this is tough. I, I feel like I'm going to just go with this because I know we've kind of talked about it, but not on this. Um, and it's like a month late, but, uh, thanks to you finished Better Call Saul, which was good. I do recommend watching that show. It just finished. The finale was good. They really wrapped I definitely up. should check that out. Oh, also the finale takes place after Breaking Bad. Because there's oh, okay. a little bit of, there's a little bit of, like post Breaking Bad stuff, not a lot. Mm. Um, and then, they finally like wrap it up. So, very good show. It was like, it was like good the whole time. Uh, <laughs> it just ended like, 
Maybe like five or six seasons. I think five seasons. But really good. I'll check it out. Yeah. I'll check it out. It's all on Plex. <laughs> I think it's all on Netflix. That's I don't know true. what this Plex that you speak of is. <laughs> Sorry. Um, all right. Tune in next time for the 2010s. Oh, yeah. AKA our main genre before everything our formative fell off the our formative years. A lot of indie rock. Yes. A lot of hip-hop. A lot of... Oh, I don't have, think I have any hip-hop. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right.